Hello, good afternoon, everybody. Many of you have messaged in about what's going on with Russell Brand. We've got this TV show coming out tonight, Dispatches Channel 4, I believe it's 9 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. 10.30 p.m., we are going to be doing a follow-up video because we're going to see what they say in there and do an analysis of it. But the sad thing is, I mean, the bottom line here is there are people in this world who have done serious things, but because they're at the top of politics, because they are at the top of royalty, they are immune from consequences. And what do we have now? We've got Russell Brand with serious criminal allegations being levied against him. Now, Perhaps before I show the video of him, what he put out last night, we'll just go over a timeline of events. Then we will discuss the latest news stories. And I'll also put this in the context of my own experience because I went through something that was on a minor scale compared to what he's going through, but the same trajectory whereby they try to destroy your reputation then they criminalize you and try to put you in prison. And if that doesn't work, they try to stop you breathing. So for those not familiar with the story, I'm just going to go over a timeline of events real fast. So rumors were swirling around yesterday about a famous person and serious allegations coming out of a beep nature. And uh, I was discussing it with Ash throughout the day. We were speculating as to who it could possibly be. And then last night, Russell Brand, preempting quite a good strategy, I believe, posted a video online saying he absolutely denies unspecific, unspecified criminal allegations. And I'm going to show you that video shortly and do an analysis of it. He says he denies these criminal allegations about his personal life outlined in two extremely disturbing letters. He posted the video on his YouTube and social media accounts last night saying he received the letters from a mainstream media TV company and a newspaper which he said included a litany of extremely egregious and aggressive attacks. So someone has obviously tipped Russell Brand off as to what's coming on this show tonight on Channel 4. They're certainly going to have a lot of viewers because it's the most talked about thing in the country right now. And it's got worldwide interest because Russell has tens of millions of followers across his platforms. But when you are over the target, that is when you receive the most flack. And we're going to get to that shortly. So, first big name to back Russell Brand up was Elon Musk, the founder of Tesla. And he said that the attacks, the allegations are arising because, quote, of course, they don't like the competition. The exact allegations that have been put to Brand by the broadcaster are also believed to be going in the Sunday Times this weekend. We're not clear from the video. 
he's not put any details out there, but he did say that people making allegations, I believe he has other witnesses to these events. And he's accused these outlets of having a serious and concerted agenda to silence him, adding, I feel like I'm being attacked. Now, so far this month, just talking about this in general, Dr. Eric Berg, who I believe has 11 million YouTube subscribers, he said that he has been shadow banned for talking about certain things that overlap with what Russell Brand talks about. London Real, YouTube channel with 2 million subscribers, was terminated at the beginning of this month. Many of the things that Russell Brand talks about, London Real was also talking about, but London Real was going full force with rebroadcasting David I and Alex J. <laughs> they were kind of like, I think they were going beyond beyond YouTube's, way beyond YouTube's community guidelines. And I know that Brian Rose presently has a campaign to try and get his channel back up. And I know how that feels. And we're going to get to that because when similar forces of evil were launched against myself, I lost my channel twice. When there was a massive campaign against me because I was talking about some of the biggest names in politics and royalty and business and their involvement with a guy called Jeffrey, I lost my channel twice, as well as went through a lot of other consequences that Russell Brand is about to go through. Irrespective of innocence or guilt, once they come after you with certain allegations, your enemies pile on, there's always going to be a stink attached to that. Depending upon how serious these allegations are that come out tonight on Channel 4, if it is the worst things possible you can accuse a person of, even if you are innocent, the stink of that carries for the rest of your life. And that is why it is such a formidable weapon to use because the people launching that weapon never, ever suffer any consequences. They can say whatever they want about you, get all this emotion, and not suffer any consequences. Whereas if you are a target, of conventional media, if you are an upstart and you are causing waves across the world, because Russell Brand, the bottom line here, he is an eloquent, articulate speaker, but he does it in a way, even though he uses a lot of fancy words, he does it in a way whereby the lay people can absorb extremely complex information information that he's distilled down from his research into and we'll look at his channel in a minute if you just look at his most recent videos you can see why <laughs> there is an agenda to take him down i'll i'll just <laughs> let me have a look all right russell brand 6.5 mil, million subscribers awakening wonders he calls them and if you look at his videos in the last week, you can see why he has become a threat to these NWO people. The thing is, you can say whatever you want if you have a small amount of followers and nothing bad is going to happen to you. But when someone with 6.59 million followers starts to say these things, 
The first thing that happens is people accuse him of being controlled opposition because nothing bad has happened to him yet. And then the bad starts to happen. Because I know, because this happened to me, they were saying I was controlled opposition because we had 60 million views on the Jeffrey story. And oh, thank you for the uh, super chat, Carmine Galante. I had 60 million views on the Jeffrey story. We were the tip of the spear. And they were saying I was controlled opposition because I was allowed to say these things on YouTube, which is what I've seen in the build-up to this with Russell Brand. It's exactly the same trajectory. Now, if you look at what he's talking about in the last two weeks, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got, all right, before his video last night, so this is happening, he's got, he's calling out Biden for what Biden said about September 11. That was one day ago, 200,000 views. Then he's calling out Bill Gates two days ago, 543,000 views. <laughs> One of the most powerful and influential people in the world. Then he's calling out Obama three days ago. <laughs> you know, I'm getting asked a lot of questions about Obama in the last couple of days. Um, I believe that people are allowed to become the president. They are cardboard cutout characters, complete personalities created by the media. We never ever truly know what they are like behind the Wizard of Oz curtain, where they live in this Orwellian inversion of what they are projecting to us mere mortals. <laughs> from researching the Clintons, from re researching Bill Clinton. I found out how ridiculous what the media portrays about these people is and how it is the complete inversion of what these people are really like. So four days ago, he's talking about Trump exposing something to do with the what people take for the corona. So he's going against the WHO one of the most powerful organizations in the world. Six days ago, he's challenging the official narrative about Hawaii. 421,000 views, 900,000 views on the Trump one. Then seven days ago, quarter million views, he's challenging Pfizer. <laughs> so he's going after the medical industrial complex. You know, I've been watching Russell for years I loved it when he had the trues. And when he stopped doing the trues and people asked me, why do you think Russell stopped doing the trues? I think he's been threatened. I would tell people, you know, he's got a family. He's starting a family. He's probably been threatened. He needed to wind it down or else he could get proper MI5. But then he just started again all of a sudden in the last couple of years. His channel has grown dramatically. And he's just been on top of his game, exposing all these NWO freaks. Going back 11 days, he's challenging the official narrative on Ukraine. <laughs> and he's quoting Tucker Carlson. He's got Jordan Peterson on before that. And then two weeks ago, he's challenging the CDC director. And he's talking about the alarming rate at which young people are dying. And two weeks ago, he's also 
calling out YouTube on the misinformation guidelines. And on and on and on and on and on it goes. And media companies are spending billions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, whatever it is. What is the value of media companies' goodwill? The brands they are creating. It's got to be for some of them in the millions, if not in the billions, for some of these massive international media conglomerates. Russell Brand, from a grassroots growth, has managed to put them all to shame. He's getting so many views without having to have a CNN-type operation that these guys absolutely want him out of the way. Anyway, I did a little sidetrack there. We were talking about Musk backing him up. And then we've got, I'm just going over the timeline of the allegations. I'll, I'll get to the chat while I'm just focusing on the timeline. And I'll get to the chat and we'll go back to some more things I've got to cover on this. And we're going to show you the video as well. So, Brand has received disturbing letters. When he opened this video, he said, it wasn't the usual type of video we make on this channel where we critique, attack, and undermine the news. Because in this story, I am the news. I received two extremely disturbing letters or a letter and an email, one from a mainstream media TV company, one from a newspaper. We know now that's Channel 4 and I think it's the Sunday Times listing a litany of extremely egregious and aggressive attacks. Nice alliteration, as well as some pretty stupid stuff like my community festival should be stopped that I shouldn't be able to attack mainstream media narratives on this channel. Are we in Stalinist Russia? Has Russell Brand got to take the same measures as Alexander Solzhenitsyn, lest he end up in the gulag on false criminal charges? No, we are in the modern West, whereby we have freedom of speech, if you're watching this in America, guaranteed by the Constitution. Yes, all the various platforms have their own laws, and we have to abide by those laws if we are to maintain our presences on those platforms. But who on earth has the right to tell Russell Brand that he shouldn't be able to attack mainstream media narratives on his channel? That is an insult to our intelligence. We should be able to decide what we believe or not, and we should be provided a full range of information. Carl Mangalante again, thank you for the super chat. And like I said, I'm gonna get to those, but I'll put it on the screen real quick. Without distracting the stream, Russell has obviously been guilty of stuff before. He's now a decent person, establishment don't like his influence. Well, he has been in scandals before. He has written in his bookie works all about his sex addiction and his shenanigans. There was the Russell Brand show prank with Jonathan Ross, which we're going to get to in the stream. And he has done a lot of stuff, but I think they're going to try and come out with something far more serious to try and sink his reputation. Because it doesn't matter whether innocent or guilt doesn't matter. It's theatre. And there are some people who will believe it no matter what. There are some people who are just slaves to the dinosaur media 
when I grew up, it was just BBC One, BBC Two, ITV. And what they told us was the truth. When they told us that Saddam, you know, was doing all these things and it justified the invasion, we thoroughly believed what BBC, CNN were telling us. But now with the rise of the internet, you've got powerhouses broadcasting independent media like Russell Brand and long may it last. All right, let me continue his letter. But amidst this litany of astonishing, rather baroque attacks are some very serious allegations that I absolutely refute. These allegations pertain to the time when I was working in the mainstream, when I was in the newspapers all the time, when I was in the movies. As I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. He was an absolute magnet for popularity back then. He's not the kind of guy who had to go Bill Cosby on anybody, allegedly, because he's free now, isn't he? My theory there is some backsheesh was handed down to a high court judge to find a legal loophole. So Russell continues, I was always transparent about that then, almost too transparent, and I'm being transparent about it now as well. And to see that transparency mesticized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question, is there another agenda at play? And I imagine that many of you, you know, especially on our channel that's exposed the agenda over and over, concur with his sentiment at the end of that. So he said that there's been a coordinated attack against him. I'm aware of news media making phone calls, sending letters to people I know for ages and ages. It's been clear to me, or at least it feels to me, like there's a serious and concerted agenda to control these kinds of spaces and these kinds of voices. <clears throat> and I mean my voice along with your voice. It's worth mentioning that there are witnesses whose evidence directly contradicts the narratives that these two mainstream media outlets are trying to construct apparently in what seems to me to be a coordinated attack. Now, I don't want to get into this any further because of the serious nature of the allegations, but I feel like I'm being attacked and plainly they are working very closely together. We are obviously going to look into this matter because it's very, very serious. So that was the video. For those of you not familiar with the trajectory of his career, I did do... Um, an analysis of it on Andrew Gold's channel months ago, which is a good analysis. And I, had, I said I was a fan. I've watched all his stuff. He became famous shortly after the turn of the millennium, working as a TV and radio presenter, hosting series including Channel 4's Big Brothers, Big Mouth, and a BBC2 radio show. He starred in a number of Hollywood movies, including Rock of Ages, Get Him to the Greek, Despicable Me, and more recently, Death on the Nile. Um, Elon Musk then responded to the brand video with his quote, 
of course they don't like the competition referring to him challenging the mainstream narrative laura brand came out russell is amazing he's naturally very playful um and then we've seen kirsty gallagher back her brother-in-law after we posted his two-minute video she is the sister of Brand's wife, Laura. The Smooth Radio presenter showed the video on Instagram with a large, large red love heart. And he's denying all of this. So what we're going to do now is we're going to look at the video and analyze Russell Brand's body language. Because some people are saying that he looks guilty. But I have a different interpretation of that. So let me pull that up one second. Get ready for this. There we go. Usual type of video we make on this channel where we critique, attack and undermine the news in all its corruption, because in this story, I am the news. I've received two extremely disturbing letters or a letter and an email. One from a main. All right. First thing. People are saying he's guilty because they're looking at his face and seeing the tension in his face. Imagine if you, he does look shell-shocked and that is understandable. And I can explain why I think that is. We don't exactly know what he's done. I saw that in the chat. The allegations are coming out at nine o'clock tonight on Channel 4 on the program Dispatches and supposedly in the Sunday Times tomorrow. Russell Brand is a family man. He did his wild oats sowing years. He didn't pursue the Hollywood club. Katy Perry got out of that relationship, came back to the UK and became a grassroots activist guy. He had his The Trues, built it up. It went down, back on top of the world with the videos that he's doing now. Family man, riding high. Bam! All of a sudden, he's tipped off now that he's about to be accused of crimes that are the most evil things you can commit. I imagine they're going to say young people. I don't know for sure, but I imagine they're going to say young people. He's privy to what's coming. That look on his face is his utter shock. He is in trauma right now because his world is melting down in front of his eyes. He's gone into battle stations mode. He's got his legal team involved. He's got his PR people involved. He's got all of the people who work for him involved. He's bracing for 9 p.m. tonight when the world watches these allegations get broadcast on Channel 4. And his adrenaline is going full tilt boogie guaranteed there's no way he's going to come on before this program goes comes out and makes a video and he's going to look zen like he's just been to some yoga marathon or some meditation retreat weekend which he partakes in because he's a positive karma guy but there's no way on earth he's not going to look stressed out like now and that does not make him be guilty that is a normal human flight fight reaction when your well-being 
is in mortal danger. Because don't forget, if these allegations are criminal, there is the possibility that he could go to prison. We're yet to see if they do anything so despicable to him as that. All right, let me continue. Stream media TV company, one from a newspaper listing a litany of extremely egregious and aggressive attacks, as well as some pretty stupid stuff like uh, Michael. All right, so we're talking about Channel 4 dispatches 9 p.m. tonight. That's my understanding. And the Sunday Times tomorrow. Community festival should be stopped, that I shouldn't be able to attack mainstream media narratives on this channel. But amidst this litany of astonishing, rather baroque attacks, are some very serious allegations that I absolutely refute. Now, do you remember the allegations against Julian Assange? I've been a huge supporter of Julian Assange over the years. And when the allegations first came out about Julian Assange, I defended him. And a lot of people attacked me who'd bought into it. When you reset that case, Julian Assange, the women involved were associated with the embassy and the intelligence community and the laws for those particular types of crimes without getting too detailed. One pertained to if you don't were a rubber during the act of making love, that can be constituted as a beep assault. So they'd use all this technical stuff against Assange to make him guilty of, come across as guilty of committing these horrible crimes. And I think a lot of people now have woke up to the fact that Julian Assange has sacrificed his life for the truth and his health for the truth. Look how much he's aged. You know, I've corresponded with him. I emailed him when he was in the Ecuadorian embassy. I've sent him my book in the prison and I'm, I'm fully behind him. I didn't know if they, if they can get him into America. He's had it. He's absolutely had it. And if Trump gets back in, Trump, should bloody well pardon him. All right, let's keep going with Russell. These allegations pertain to the time when I was working in the mainstream, when I was in the newspapers all the time, when I was in the movies. And as I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was always transparent about that then, almost too transparent. As far as I can remember, he was a model magnet. It's like celebrity women... Kate Moss, when people found out he'd been with Kate Moss, he was, he had no, <laughs> how do I phrase this right? He had no shortage of possibilities with the opposite sex, let's just say. He's not, you know, he's a handsome, charismatic guy. Anyway, let's keep going. And I'm being transparent about it now as well. And to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question, is there another agenda at play? Particularly when we've seen coordinated media attacks before, like with Joe Rogan, when he dared to take a medicine that the mainstream media didn't approve of. And we saw a spate of headlines from media outlets across the world using the same language. I'm aware that you guys have been saying in the comments for a while, watch out, Russell, they're coming for you. You're getting too close to the truth. I think I even sent him a tweet a while back 
about that they will be coming for, for him because you can't go after the most powerful corporations, world leaders, heads of politics, heads of royalty, and not expect blowback. People saying he was controlled opposition, that's preposterous. It just shows how big his cojones are that he got this far before they took him down. He must have been aware the more followers he got, the higher the chance of something going wrong in his life. And if you go back decades, for example, John Lennon, Martin Luther King, once these guys reached a critical mass of following and public support and were able to sway people's minds, what happened to them? That was back when they had the technique of the lone gunman. But now they've got destroy your reputation first. If that doesn't work, put you in prison second. If that doesn't work, stop you breathing. So he's at phase one right now of that three-step process. Russell Brand did not kill himself. I know that a year ago there was a spate of articles. Russell Brand's a conspiracy theorist. Russell Brand's right wing. I'm aware of news media making phone calls, sending letters to people I know for ages and ages. It's been clear to me, or at least it feels to me, like there's a serious and concerted agenda to control these kind of spaces and these kind of voices. And I We've all been um, accused of being conspiracy theorists. Anyone who covers anything that goes against the mainstream narrative, people who say that Oswald didn't do it are conspiracy theorists. We've all just got to tuck our tails between our legs, bow our heads down and conform to the Orwellian dictators or we're going to be labelled conspiracy theorists, which was a term, I believe, created by the CIA to make dissenters sound like basket cases. I mean, my voice along with your voice. I don't mind them using my books and my stand up to talk about my promiscuous consensual conduct in the past. What I seriously refute are these very, very serious criminal allegations. Also, it's worth mentioning that there are witnesses whose evidence directly contradicts the narratives that these two mainstream media outlets are trying to construct, apparently in what seems to me to be a coordinated attack. Now, I don't want to get into so if you look at the media how it is all concentrated in a few hands and david i talked to us about this a lot he's saying it's two media entities but it's all the same hand isn't it everything that the mainstream media puts out it's almost auto cue style every channel it just gets into lockstep especially when it's the big issues, such as the C-19, such as the wars. You know, there's no alternative media to that, other than people like Russell Brand. This any further because of the serious nature of the allegations, but I feel like I'm being attacked, and plainly they are working very closely together. We are obviously going to look into this matter because it's very, very serious. In the meantime... I want you to stay close, stay awake, but more important than any of that, if you can, please stay free. Yes, Russell Brand is a um, 
magician when it comes to the gesticulations. That's part of his character. Don't be reading too much into that. So there are various other news stories, including Andrew Tate weighing in. We've also got the previous scandal he was involved in, the Russell Brand show prank calls thing with Jonathan Ross to look at. But before I proceed on to those, just from my own perspective then, I think it was about two or three years ago now when we were covering the Jeffrey case. We had 60 million views on the channel. Anyone who was a lead investigator, researcher, Ryan D, Whitney W, survivors of Jeffrey came on. Oh, thanks for the super chat, Carmine. Um, you know, we had Charlie Robinson. We had the Jean-Luc Brunel, Fred out of France. Many of these people are going to come back now on our locals. I know Ash has put the link in the chat. Huge thank you to the almost 1,000 people who've signed up to the locals so far. But what I'm getting at here is we were rocking the boat on people who were powerful and still alive. Because when we did the Savile documentary, which has got, it got 2 million views before it got shadow banned. And it only just got shadow banned recently. Um, we never got any legal blowback from the Savile documentary. If you've not seen it, it's called Untouchable. You can watch it on YouTube for free. There's an even longer version with David I content in uh, on my Rumble. But when we did the Savile documentary, there was no legal blowback because he was dead. And it was so historic. But when we did the Jeffrey stuff, because you've got a top member of the royal family who is alive, because you've got a female who's still alive, who's worth you know double-digit millions, she's also got a powerful legal department. These people set events into motion to try and eliminate and eradicate your voice, which is exactly what I believe is happening with Russell Brand. So the campaigns that were launched against me culminated in this very channel getting terminated twice. There were channels dedicated to smearing my name. Some of my competitors jumped on these campaigns against me and had to file lawsuits. I was called into a police station. So they're very crafty. When there's a campaign against you, they go over everything you've ever done in your life, and anyone who you ever ever contacted or had contact with in your life. Every single one of my ex-girlfriends was getting contacted by mysterious people, all back throughout America. All my people involved in my case, my co-defendants that they could ascertain, were getting contacted. They were going over all of my police paperwork. They contacted my prosecutor in America from my ecstasy case trying to find any little thing they could to weaponize against me. So the first thing is they try to destroy your reputation. Now, I have been on YouTube since 2007. I have been on the internet since 2004 with the blog, John's Jail Journal. So I've got a lot of people who've had my back for many, many, many years. So these, this campaign was launched against me, just like campaigns getting launched against Russell Brand. I would say much smaller scale. I'm nowhere near, you know, at the level of Russell. I'm not trying to compare myself to him in that way. But the strategy that they employ is the same. 
So many people had my back throughout that campaign. So the next thing they do is try and criminalize you and put you in prison. So I was called into a cop shop in London. They'd gone over all of my videos and they found that one of my podcast guests had mentioned the name of a minor that had been the alleged survivor in a case of adults who were attracted to beep, 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 you know what I mean? And because that podcast guest, who was a seasoned journalist, had mentioned this name of this person who'd been underage at the time of the alleged crime, and I published that information, I was then in violation of the law. So with my lawyer, I go to the cop shop, and I get interviewed by a guy who works in child protection services. And he said that he spent most of his time going after the bad guys who are committing the crimes that I was exposing. So he was quite shocked. I was sat on the other side of the table from him. Thanks for the super chat, Matthew Hiles. Much appreciated. He was shocked. I was sat there on the on the table opposite from him because I am another guy who tries to expose the bad guys who commit these kinds of crimes. But he said there was nothing he could do about it. The orders had come from up top. Now, this is how the judicial system, not just the media, is an entity that is utilized by the most powerful people in the world. In fact, I would say it's one of the functions of the justice system is to maintain what they view as public order, what they view as a threat to national security and, you know, people's minds not being adjusted away from the mainstream. So I'm in this police station, got this cop asking me questions. I tell him my story that I expose these people. Once I started exposing these people, all hell broke loose, campaigns against me. Here I am now, you know, they've gone all, all over my videos. And he says, cause this order had come from up top, he had to pursue the case against me. And this was a case of one of my podcast guests said the name of a young person who was allegedly, you know, beep, had happened to this person. So it culminated with my lawyer negotiating with the cops. And there was no way I was going to get out of the situation. I was criminalized because of that allegation. I now had to agree to a caution so I wouldn't go to prison. I avoided going to prison. And in my caution, I now have all requirements and restrictions on reporting about those cases that revolve around us exposing adults attracted to beep, which is part of our mission statement. As you know, if you've been on this channel for a while, our mission statement is to end the war on drugs and mass incarceration. I've written multiple books, deconstructing the war on drugs, deconstructing mass incarceration, Take, say, get all those resources and go after people who harm women and kids. They are the lowest of the low. They are the scum. And this is what the judges who give these guys slaps on the wrists should be absolutely ashamed of themselves because they cause so many victims. And those victims end up with PTSD and getting into drugs and crime. 
We've seen that with so many people that we've interviewed. And that's how we've come to conclude that that needs to be our mission statement. So basically now, if I interview somebody who has a survivor of those types of crimes, I have to say to them, before I publish it on this channel, before I interview them, do you waive your anonymity? And if they do not waive their anonymity, I go to prison because of my caution, because of the campaign that was launched against me, because I was exposing people to do with the Jeffrey case. Yeah. So this is how far this can go. Destroy the reputation, criminalize you, throw you in prison, stop you breathing. They are the three steps they take against you. All right. Before we look at the other scandal and prank that he was in, I want to look at some of the other news that's come out because Andrew Tate has now weighed in as well. And we've had people on the channel that support Tate. We've had people on the channel who don't like Tate. Whenever I post a video about Tate, the supporters love what I'm doing. If it's positive and the haters go mad and vice versa. And like I've said all along, we don't learn anything by only interviewing people we agree with. There's not just two sides to a story. There are many sides to a story. And we've got to have people on the channel that give all the sides to a story so we can draw our own conclusions. So people think that whenever I have somebody on that they don't agree with, I'm endorsing that person's perspective. People are like, I'm unsubscribing because you've got a guy on who's um, Tate's lawyer. We had Andrew Tate's lawyer on recently. And I looked at the analytics on the video and about 10 people unsubscribe, which is normal anyway. When you first post a video, a couple of people, a few people usually unsubscribe and then it starts to rise from there. But it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous to think we can only have people on we agree with. Look at the kind of people Louis Thoreau interviews. He's been into a prison and interviewed people who are attracted to kids. The people then lambast Louis and say, you are endorsing their viewpoint. I'm not going to watch you anymore because you interview those guys. No, they don't. Because he's trying to delve into their minds so we can get a greater understanding of how these depraved monsters work so we can come to some kind of consensus on how they should be handled in the justice system, which is upside down right now because these beasts don't get hardly any punishment. Occasionally, they do. And occasionally, get they get convict justice. All right, so... Let's look at what the mail is saying. They're talking here about Tate weighing in as well. Elon Musk and Andrew Tate are backing Russell Brand's claims that he is a victim of a coordinated media attack. After Russell took to his YouTube channel to absolutely deny what he called very serious criminal allegations made against him. This video comes ahead of the much-anticipated Channel 4 Dispatches investigation, which I said is coming out at 9 p.m. tonight. It's going to be the most watched program in a while. Probably the most watched thing since Holly went on uh, after the scandal with Schofield. And then they brought on the disabled kid right afterwards to try and get pull on people's heart strings. So Holly could maintain dominance of the show. Yeah, do you see how quickly all that disappeared out of the news? Because they are 
mainstream allies versus Russell. They'll try and keep this going forever. Watch. All right, so speculation is building over who or what could be at the center of the investigation on Channel 4 dispatches. Sources said that the long-running current affairs documentary series will feature details about a well-known celebrity which the mail has been told are absolutely shocking. So you've got to read between the lines there that they are going to go full on and accuse him of doing something with somebody who is under the age of doing that with. There is no indication that Russell Brand will feature in the program. However, last night he made a video addressing his fans where he insisted any relationships he had during his time of promiscuity were consensual. We have shown that video. We have analyzed that video earlier on this in the stream. Check it out. Scroll back if you've only just logged on. Yeah, you can see he is shell-shocked. It is not guilt that he is betraying. People sometimes think that when people are going through anxiety and PTSD, it looks guilty. Some of the body language cues may overlap, but he is not showing guilt. He is show showing, thank you, Rita, for the super sticker. He is showing the trauma of a man who spent years building up his career and his family, and he's now at risk of losing his livelihood and possibly getting criminally indicted, which could lead to him getting Julian Assange. Worst case scenario, we don't know how far this is going to go yet. But if I were him, I would be bricking it. Because they will go all the way, and innocence or guilt are irrelevant. Like I said, court is theatre. They've got all the money. The other side have all the money, and they can put, definitely put on a hell of a good theatre show. And if there's no evidence, if it's historic, how can he defend himself against a case in which there's no physical evidence? That's the problem here. All right. Brand said he received two extremely disturbing letters from a mainstream media TV company and a newspaper which, he said, listed a litany of extremely egregious and aggressive attacks which are untrue. Amid his denial of the allegations, he said, we have seen coordinated media attacks before. Referring to Joe Rogan announcing that he had taken a certain anti-parasite medication during the pandemic. Russell said he was aware of newspapers making phone calls and sending letters to people he knows for ages and ages. And like I said earlier, when the campaigns were launched against me, I had my girlfriends from America from like the 1990s. And this was what? Three years ago. So they went back 10, 20, 30 years to uncover, try and uncover anything. Girlfriends, ex girlfriends contacted me on Facebook saying, Sean, I've just received this message. They're asking this about you. What do you want me to do? And all my exes, if anyone's read my book, Party Time, all my relationships are documented in it. All my exes approved. And being in that book, Random House asked me to ask my exes to sign legal paperwork. So they authorized the story being included. They authorized the facts were true. And they promised that they wouldn't sue because they signed off on it. That's how it works. So I'm, I've been on good terms with all my exes. People 
when the campaigns were launched against me, unearthed them. Probably through social media, probably through my books, photos in my books, things like that. Photos online. My uh, Facebook page, maybe. My my personal one. And they asked me, what should we do? And I said, hang tight. Here's what's going on. You know, just don't respond to these people because the slightest little thing you say will be used against us. I know one of them, she had a very hot head and she was already attacking the person who was asking the questions. And I just said, don't, don't waste your mental energy and time on it. But this is how they go about trying to dig dirt. They go through your entire history. And that's what's happened here. All right, let me continue this article. Um, supporting brand, YouTuber. Well, he's not a YouTuber because he is terminated from YouTube. So Andrew Tate took to Twitter posting a cartoon meme of a knight preparing for battle captioned on my way to fight the crazy BS allegations. Alongside the image, he captioned it, welcome to the club, Russell Brand. I know I can see some people in the chat who are asking me to get Russell on. You know, I would absolutely love to get Russell on. But right now, he's in battle stations mode. He is looking at every single strategy possible to rebut the allegations, legal, PR. He's got his entire team on it. His head must be battered right now thinking about this stuff. He's probably had a sleepless night. You know, when things do die down, I would be honored if we could get Russell Brand on the channel. He's a fascinating character. I've read all of his books and I've watched his entire career unfold. All right, continuing the article. So Tate said, welcome to the club, Russell Brand. And as we know, we had Andrew Tate's lawyer on last week, actually. I'll put the link to that in the description box if people want to watch it when I finish this live stream. And I don't know whether Andrew Tate is innocent or guilty. I've said in a previous video that running his mouth in previous years, they will weaponize that and use that against him. And I have in operations in Mexico myself, whereby if any of us got in trouble in Mexico, we just paid the cops to get out. If you are flexing in a country like Romania, if you are flexing in a country like Mexico, you become a meal ticket. And I believe that one of the reasons Tate is in trouble in Romania is because he flexed and they are liquidating his wealth. And he, to get out of the situation, he's got to employ the Cali Cartel strategy. So we have published a book for William Rodriguez, son of the Cali Cartel. When his uncle, one of the leaders of the Cali Cartel, was arrested in Spain, he was facing extradition to America where he was going to do a life sentence. And what happened was they bribed the Spanish judges. They concocted a charge in Colombia for bull smuggling. They bribed the Spanish judges and the Spanish judges released him to Colombia where he could pay his way out rather than extradite him to America. 
if you think you can't corrupt the judge, you're in a dream world. I've seen people do it in America. Supposedly the most the least corrupt country in the world. <laughs> mm. Big money talks and judges are highly corruptible. They are the gatekeepers to your freedom. So if Tate wants to get out of the situation, my theory is he's going to have to expropriate even more wealth and bribe the judges in Romania because he's not going to get a jury trial. It's I think it's a panel of judges. And there's no way he's going to walk completely innocent. They have to find him guilty of something to keep what they've um, taken from him so far. Civil asset forfeiture laws, they've got to find you guilty of something. His watch collection, his Bugattis, etc. Whatever money they seize, the millions. If you look at the salary of these people versus the amount of wealth they've just expropriated from Tate, it boggles the mind. So there's a massive financial incentive as well as shutting Tate up because some of the stuff that Tate has talked about has overlapped with stuff that Russell has talked about. All right, continuing the article. So, uh, Russell's video appeared to win the support of tech tycoon Elon Musk. He replied to Russell on Twitter, seemingly backing Russell's comments on the media. He said, of course, they don't like the competition. You've got these massive conglomerate media powerhouses getting less views than Russell Brand broadcasting from his home. <laughs> to his tens of millions of followers including what is it six plus million on youtube both musk and brand have experienced similar criticism over the years being branded as conspiracy theorists during the panic pandemic brand was condemned for erring things we can't talk about to do with the pandemic um in 2004 he received a backlash after claiming he was open-minded about the idea the US government might have been behind certain attacks that occurred in September. See, this is how they try and put him in the loony bin. Elon Musk has also been known to publicly support conspiracy theorists. This is what the mail is reporting. No, I would prefer the term conspiracy researcher. That's, do you remember my first interview with David High and he corrected me? He said, I'm not that, Sean. I am a conspiracy researcher. <laughs> that term is a creation of the CIA to make us sound like lunatics. Posting the video on X yesterday where Russell has 11 million followers, he said, these allegations pertain to the time when I was working in the mainstream. Blah, blah, blah. We've already gone over that bit. Because we played the video here on uh, earlier in the stream. So tonight, Russell Brand is at, oh my goodness, he's at the Troubadour Wembley Park Theatre for his new stand up comedy show, Russell Brand Bipolarization. Wow. The event will begin at 6 p.m. and last for just under two hours, which means. Because the show is coming out at 9 p.m. He's going to be watching that right away. He's, I don't think he's going to be staying around doing after hours with his fans. On the tour's website, it said the show discusses rules and rules breaking, democracy and freedom. 
it adds, we reach conclusions from mass confusion by polling the live audience. Stay free is one of his phrases as well. Yeah, that is democracy in action. That is not Orwellian totalitarianism. And his statement came amid rumors on social media about whether a scandal was going to be featured. And that's when Ash contacted me yesterday and said, look, something's coming out. The Channel 4 TV guide lists the anticipated program as New Dispatches Special, a 90-minute special dispatches investigation. So there's different theories right now as to whether it is entirely focused on Russell Brand or whether the show is going to feature comedy acts that have preyed on their followers, comedians. The network has confirmed on its online listing that they're showing it at 9 p.m. today. But a link to the program page is now coming up with a message saying that page cannot be found. Either the address is incorrect or the page is no longer available. I wonder if they've tried to put a legal gag on that or something. I had one of those on a podcast earlier this year. I got bombarded by attorneys saying that if I did post something the following day, I was going to get sued for tens of millions. So we made a few legal edits and posted it the following week. All right, so Radio Times Magazine also had the program in the week's listings with the description. Dispatches investigation series covering issues in British society, politics, international current affairs, health, religion, and the environment. The program is due to finish at 10.30. So what we've got now is another live stream at 10.30, which is probably a lot better for the American viewers. As soon as that program finishes, we're going to dissect it. We're going to get your thoughts. And I've already got that scheduled on this channel and across all platforms. So on Channel 4 on Sunday at 10.50 p.m., the program is going to be repeated. And on Monday on its sister channel, 4.7 at 9 p.m. Among those posting an image on Twitter was the broadcaster's news anchor, Krishnan. Guru Murthy, who said something's up before quickly deleting the message. The Channel 4 News anchor and Strictly Stars post fueled more speculation about the 90-minute special. He tweeted a picture of the schedule alongside the caption, something's up before deleting it around an hour later. So it's complex as to why these things manifest, as to why people destroy people's reputations. Well, I think it's a byproduct here of Channel 4 that they're playing a role in this is just generating virality for the show tonight. They're ramping up speculation to generate virality for the show tonight, which satisfies their sponsors and makes them more money. So again... Follow the money, and you can see there's an economic incentive to take Russell Brand down, as well as all the harm he's causing to the images of the biggest companies in the world in the medical 
military and other sectors. Sources close to Mr. Guru Murphy, 53, who has worked with Channel 4 for 25 years, said that he was told to take it down as the nature of the program is sensitive. Yeah, this sounds like amateur dramatics to generate more views. Dispatches has screened various big investigations in recent years. In July 2018, it revealed for the first time how Facebook decides what users can and can't see on the platform. And in 2011, TV presenter Davina McCall fronted a program on the menopause. In 2005, an episode named Undercover Teacher saw a qualified science teacher, Alex Dolan, going undercover in schools in Leeds and London to expose the appalling teaching. Channel 4 has not yet returned Mail Online's request for comment. All right, so that is most of the latest news. For some reason, they've also put out a puff piece, a lot of these same publications. Who is Russell Brand's wife, Laura Brand? Everything you need to know. But before we look at that article and the scandal that Russell Brand got in with Jonathan Ross, I'm just going to go over to the chat. If anyone's got any questions right now, I think we've, just, we've done just over an hour. Yeah, we've done just over an hour right now. Put them in the chat before I go to these other news stories on this situation. And just a recap, if you have joined the live stream, I am covering the Russell Brand allegations. We caught wind of it yesterday. All right, so GB Patriot, yep, we are going to be doing a live broadcast after the dispatch program. We've already got it advertised on Premiere across all of the platforms. And, you know, I'm not going to just put positive comments here. Brand is a fraud and a complete grifter. Derry, if he was a fraud and a complete grifter, why didn't he sign up to the Hollywood elite? Why did he bail and become a grassroots activist? He could have made big bucks if he's a grifter by signing up, just like Alex Jones said he was approached to sign up massive offers. But you had to do certain acts that could possibly be filmed to be part of the club. That's what AJ said. Why didn't he go down that road if he was a complete grifter? Thanks for the super chat, Carmine. I don't buy a TV license. It's nonsense, and I get my media from places as I'm not a boomer. Yeah, we covered a lot when, about that when we did the Hugh Edwards story. Um, Deborah, now it's cancelled culture and wanted opinion. Since when does an opinion change us where your mind? Witchcraft is manipulation of the mind. Absolutely. Why? Should he not have the right to bring in an articulate and eloquent way to distill down the most topical news stories of the day and give an alternative independent viewpoint to us, the masses? Because he is, with his tens of millions of followers, a funnel to average people. All right, let's see. You know, I've, I was contemplating this, Michelle. If it's bad news tomorrow, can YouTube take his channel down straight away? So, you've got criminal law. You've got the law of the land. 
And then you've got YouTube law, also known as YouTube community guidelines. So every month I get an email from YouTube saying we have changed our community guidelines. We have revised this policy. We've revised that policy. And since my two, two channel terminations, I read those emails diligently every month and I'm constantly pouring over YouTube's community guidelines. And if any of my guests or any of my team have questions about YouTube's community guidelines or violate YouTube's community guidelines, I know exactly where to pull out the policy and send it to them and say, look, no big deal. You know, we, you've overstepped this, um, but we can take it down. But please, in the future, we've got to abide by this, or we can wake up and the channel can be gone. So, to answer your question, Michelle, they did get Russell on a medical misinformation strike. I think it was last year. And he quoted something or republished something in one of his videos. Now, under YouTube community guidelines, it has typically been free strikes and you're out. And when we were covering the Jeffrey case, they bombarded us. Talk about when you're near the target, you're going to get hit by the flak. We got dozens of grade A strikes. It was just like, bam, bam, bam. That's why even when we got the channel back up, it went down again. Bam, 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 bam. They could have took his channel because they changed the system whereby one medical misinformation strike and we can take your entire channel. You can wake up and it's gone without any warning, without applying the free strikes. But they didn't. They gave him one strike and they said, if it happens again, bam. And he put a video up and he said it wouldn't be happening again and his channel has continued to thrive so under youtube law he has to have published three separate things that seriously violate youtube's community guidelines to get the free strikes and you're out if you commit something that is so terrible and monstrous against YouTube's community guidelines. It is at their discretion as to whether you should get one strike or they can take your entire channel down. I don't believe he has that susceptibility because they would have gone over everything he's ever published by now and filed those strikes against him. So even if he gets Criminally charged, worst case scenario, criminal allegations, then criminal charges, because these people have put the allegations in the public domain and London police get involved. If he gets criminally charged, then YouTube still can't take his channel down because there's a presumption of innocence. You are not guilty until you are found guilty in a court of law in the UK or America, at least. So he will be able to have his channel while that presumption of innocence exists. I don't know what would happen if it got to the juncture of him being found guilty of committing such a crime.
And if he did get found guilty, would we believe he was guilty because a court of law that is extremely manipulable? If anyone who's read my book, Unmaking a Murderer, in that book, Unmaking a Murderer, I highlight each chapter is one of the ways prosecutors and detectives frame innocent people. Being deep in the justice system in America, I saw that over and over and over again. Court is theatre. I don't know how much money Russell Brand is worth because when people Google my net worth on, it comes up with some ridiculous figure. I think it comes up as, as a million or something. I'm going to put Russell Brand net worth. Everything we make, we put back into this channel. I live by the seat of my pants. It's probably why a lot of people haven't sued me. They do credit checks first. But according to Google, Russell Brand's net worth is estimated at 16 million. Celebrity net worth. Now, if you're going up against the vast resources of a country's justice system, that's basically backed by the taxpayer's money. The amount of money they can spend on you to prosecute you is unlimited. So Russell, with his puny 16 million net worth, if that is correct, would have been a hell of a lot more if he'd stayed with Katy Perry and become a full Hollywood club member, which is another reason I support him. If that net worth is correct, and you can put on a theatre show that costs millions, not exactly an Andrew Lloyd Webber production, but the state has unlimited resources to put on a theatre show that they could spend unlimited amounts of money on. Ash has just sent me a quick uh, message saying that um, <laughs> my net worth now is $5 million <laughs> on one of the search engines. <laughs> Whoever puts on the best theater show wins, and that's the person who's got the most money. And I know this because my lawyer got Ray Crone, the snaggletooth killer, off death row. Ray was at a bar one night. A waitress died, murdered. She was found with a bite mark on her body and also DNA at the scene. Ray's teeth did not match the bite mark. His DNA did not match the DNA found at the scene. So that didn't fit the narrative because Ray had been at the bar that night. He was at his mum, with his mum in her house when this murder went down. She knew he was completely innocent. So what did they do? They gave Ray $5,000 to defend himself and spent millions prosecuting him. They gave one expert witness $50,000 to say that the bite mark on the deceased body matched Ray's teeth, knowing it did not match. This is a prosecutor in a death penalty case. There are bigger criminals in the justice system than are behind bars. And that's why even if Russell Brand does get criminally charged and protests his innocence, 
it doesn't mean he's going to be found innocent just because he's innocent. One of the functions of the justice system is to silence dissenting voices. Silence a man who is rocking some of the most powerful boats in the world. Look at the amount of money being made during the pandemic by the vested interests. Look at the amount of money being made by these wars, through these wars, by the vested interests. Look at Big Pharma, Military Industrial Complex, Gate. How long are these big boys going to allow a gnat like Russell Brand, who they could wipe off the face of the earth in a blink of the eye through intelligence agencies like they did, allegedly, with certain people in the 1960s who succumbed to the lone gunman method these intelligence agencies can get you wherever you are in the world. But now the modern method is to destroy your reputation, throw you in prison before they stop you breathing. They'll try and do those methods first. We're in this high-tech internet era where information and news spreads fast and a lot of the old ways don't work because there's cameras everywhere now. Can you imagine if what went down with JFK, if everybody had phones that day? and the streets were cameraed up, what we would really see? Destroying your reputation, putting you in prison, and the legal system is a tool of these people. They snap their fingers, and these things get done. I was exposing the co-conspirators of Jeffrey. They snapped their fingers. Next thing, I was in a London police station getting threatened with prison and had to agree to a caution. The cop opposite me said, this has come from up top. This is how it works. Watch our interviews with John Wedger. He's spending so much time with us. He's a great guy, ex-London Met cop, whistleblower. He's told us exactly how it works. All right, right, let's. I'm going to go to a few more questions before we move on to... Oh, thank you. You know, Renata, we had Whitney Webb on years ago, and it's absolutely fantastic to see Whitney Webb going from strength to strength with her book and going on all the major platforms now, and all those major platforms getting millions of views with Whitney Webb saying the things she was telling us years ago that we are no longer allowed to talk about. My only fear is that they'll do the same things to those channels to shut her voice down just like they are shutting down the voice of Russell Brand, just like Dr. Berg, Dr. Eric Berg, did a video saying he's being shadow banned. All right, we've got Russell Taysom. Would anything convince me that Russell Brand is guilty? It's, it's a hard one, isn't it, Russell? Because this is why using the method of a historical allegation against someone that's false. And don't forget our channel campaigns for the statute of limitations to be increased and for these survivors' voices to be heard and for these monsters to be brought to justice to cause mayhem in society and for judges to stop giving them slaps on the wrist. 
But on the other side of that is the longer you extend the statute of limitations for these crimes, the more historical these crimes get, the less evidence there is physically, and there's often none at all. And also, memory is malleable. So the time between an actual offense and when something comes up in court decades later, the memories of everybody involved, they can be convinced that something is true. But neuroscience has shown that memory is malleable. And you can get on the stand and say, with 100% conviction that this thing happened because your memory of it changed over time and you still 100% believe it. That's how dangerous the situation is. But all of us have a hot button in our heads whereby anyone who is involved with doing things against kids, that hot button is pressed. You know, Jen and I's baby, Ziggy, he's just over two weeks old and he's starting to just stir in my eyes and my heart just melts. It's just feeling a pure bundle of love in my arms. And you know that if anyone did anything of the nature we're talking about to a child, you would want to go way beyond reporting them to the police. You'd want to take matters into your own hands. And it's our natural survival instinct to protect our young ones. So if you can hit that hot button by making a false allegation against someone and getting this reaction from the public to hate on that person through that hot button, even if that person is found innocent, stink often sticks. You see cases where men have not paid child support in America and the partner is now at war with the partners at war with each other and the mother tells the kid they get the cops involved and they, they say that the, the dad has touched up the kid and next thing the dad is effed hauled into jail and he's got that kind of offense where convict justice comes into effect and he's had it he's absolutely had it his life is ruined even if he does get found innocent which is very unlikely, especially if you go to a jury trial. Who is a jury going to believe? A young person getting on the stand and saying, that adult did that to me. Or a big old hurry ass adult saying, I didn't do that. Once that hot button's pressed, we're going to side with the kid. Because we're thinking we've got to protect the kid at all costs, even if there's a chance that person is innocent. We've got to protect the children at all costs. And that is natural and that is good. We want to protect the kids at all costs. But the psychopaths who are trying to destroy someone's reputation utilize that to their own advantage. The Orwellian inversion technique of creating a scenario that doesn't exist to trigger our hot button. So we get rid of the person who's telling the truth so we can continue to gorge ourselves on the vile mainstream media narratives so 
What I'm saying here, Russell, is it would take me a hell of a lot to convince me that Russell Brand is guilty. These documentaries have an excellent way of clickbaiting people's testimonies together to make them seem like someone is guilty. You know, you watch Making a Murderer or you watch some kind of series on Netflix where one episode they present everything. You hear the defense side and you think the person's innocent. And the next episode, you hear the prosecutor's side and you think the person is guilty. And in the next episode, something else unfolds and you switch back to innocence. This is how cunning and strategic these media entities are at clickbaiting together things people say to make them appear however they want to make them appear in that episode. And we know it's going to be all weighed against Russell Brand tonight according to all the speculation we're seeing right now across social media about they're going to hit him full on, hardcore. He's got a missile coming his way, 9 p.m. tonight, Channel 4 dispatches. But when we take a step back, take a deep breath, and think about the agendas behind what's coming tonight, it will hopefully enable us to rationally appraise the situation from a more balanced perspective. Because when you hear a young person say, or an adult say, this happens to me when a young person, it's absolutely sickening, and you get a visceral reaction. There's nothing worse than people who harm women, kids, babies. That podcast Jen recently did with the woman who lost a baby with the head popping off at birth, I could only listen to 10 minutes of it. I got sick to my stomach, and I had to stop. If people want to listen to that one, I'll put that one in the description box as well when I finish this live. I am already am on Rumble. Yes. All right. So this is a very good question that I wanted to cover. Wild Aussie woman is saying, question, he can sue, right, Sean, if it's total crap. So we have got defamation laws in this country it's a little bit different from america but if they make allegations against him and it's already harming the value of his brand no double entendre pun intended there because some people are already being swayed you can see it all over twitter he can put a case forward if he's innocent in defamation court that these people have made these false allegations and this is how my brand and I'm suing them for X amount of money. It happens all the time. So that's definitely a step. His legal team will be pouring over every word that comes out tonight with a view to doing that, I believe. So that is coming out um, at nine and I'll be getting on YouTube at 10.30 to go over that. Some people are saying Russell Brand is a narcissist. I think everybody who works in the media, to some extent, to want to put yourself on camera, if you do the narcissist test on them, they're going to score highly on it. Um, Who will be the next uh, target of MSN, in my opinion? Well, like I said earlier on, you know, Dr. Berg, he's said he's been shadow banned. His channel's still intact. Uh, We saw London Real get terminated earlier in the month. 
I think it's a function of how many subscribers you get. London Real had 2 million. Russell's got 6 million. Dr. Berg's got 11 million. They don't go after the small fry. The small fry are allowed to thrive. So they, they can say that there is freedom of speech. But once you get to the level of a Martin Luther King, where millions of people are listening to you, that's when they bring out the big guns. So we're going to see how big those guns are tonight when this program is. Let's see um, if there's any more questions before I move on to the other scandal that Russell was involved in. On the YouTube now, you're not allowed to speak, are you? Okay, Angela, so in response to that, here's how shadow banning works. If you ever go on a YouTube video, you can see that there's a transcript next to it. If you're wondering where that transcript comes from, Google's got artificial intelligence watching every single YouTube video and documenting everything that is said. In the artificial intelligence, and I did a video of a professor uh, recently about how to make the YouTube algorithm love you. I'll put that in the description as well at the end of this. It's free videos now. Tate, Jen's video with the baby who died. And they've got artificial intelligence watching every word said in every single video. Now, they are against hate speech. They're against hate groups, stuff like that. And the example that the professor said is if you start using terms used by a hate group, for example. I'm not going to say any terms, obviously, because then I'll have the algorithm all over me again. The algorithm starts to punish that video and distribute it to a small amount of people or completely stifle it. Or if too many of those terms are being used, you get a strike under that category. There's various different categories for the strikes. So what we have done and what people who are savvy when these words come up, we use alternative words now to get around it. We are allowed to speak, but we have to rephrase everything because YouTube has become an absolute minefield. And they've got artificial intelligence doing the job for them, watching everything. And if you do make a major strike, three strikes and you're out. Yeah. As Russell Brand, yeah, he did mention, Maureen, he got a strike for medical misinformation over something that he republished in a video to do with what happened during the pandemic. Gemini, all my books, I've written 16 books, Gemini, they're all available worldwide on Amazon. I think they range from $10 to about $15, $16. Will court be theater if you get the verdict you want, Sean? It's always theatre, Lydia. It doesn't matter. In my case, my ecstasy case, I went to court every month. I didn't get to say a word. The prosecutor portrayed me to be the Antichrist. My lawyer portrayed, portrayed me to be a trial protege, stock market guy, saint. And neither was true. The truth was in the middle. But both theatre shows... I'm trying to sway people's minds. The other thing is, you get what justice you can afford. That's why rich people often walk. And 
I've got loads of stories of that firsthand that I saw um, to do with. All right, I'll give you one. There was a guy who was facing a big sentence in Sheriff Joe Arpaio's jail when I was housed there, and his dad had paid off the judge to get it thrown out on a technicality. And he said to his cellmate, go and tell the prosecutor that you know all this stuff about me so they'll drop your case. Become a snitch against me because my case is getting thrown out. And his cellmate did that, became a snitch against him, got his case thrown out. And the other guy bribed the judge and both walked. Corruption is everywhere. And there are various ways court can be corrupted. What happened to my stalkers? So a lot of my stalkers came about when some rivals um, put out videos um, jumping on the campaigns against me. We had to file lawsuits against them. But that's mostly died down now because those fools can see. They, they, tried, they tried to hit this ship with a torpedo. The ship has been sailing on the internet since 2004 with my blog, 2007 with the channel. And we patched up the damage and we kept sailing through and we used all the attacks as inspiration to keep going. Yeah. All right, let's go over to the other scandal that Russell Brand was involved in, known as the Russell Brand Show Prank Calls Well. So basically, here's what happened. Um, from April 2006 to October 2008, Russell Brand was presenting the weekly BBC radio show, The Russell Brand Show, with co-host Matt Morgan, which was joined by a variety of celebrity guests, including Noel Gallagher, Noel Fielding, Jonah Hill, and Morrissey. On 11th of October 2008, David Badil co-hosted the show. Badil recalled having met Georgina Bailey at Brand's home and being told that her grandfather was actor Andrew Sachs. According to Badil, Bailey said, don't tell him I was here then. On Thursday, 16th of October, 2008, Sachs, who portrayed Manuel. Look, I grew up on Faulty Towers. I used to watch that religiously with my dad. Faulty Towers, Monty Python's Flying Circus. And then a bit later, we had the Young Ones with Rick Mayall. I laughed so much at those shows. So Sachs, who portrayed Manuel in the 1970s BBC TV show Faulty Towers, was scheduled to be a phone-in guest on Brand's evening radio show. The show was pre-recorded due to Brand's work commitments. Brand had briefly been in a relationship with Sax's granddaughter, Georgina. After being unable to reach Sax on his home telephone, Brand and his co-host of the week, fellow radio to DJ Jonathan Ross, I used to love the Jonathan Ross show as well as a young person. Left Saxe's four voice messages on his answering machine. 
In the first message, Brand joked about Faulty Towers and the fact that both he and Sachs had appeared in the bill, but was interrupted by Ross shouting out, he beeped, F-word, your granddaughter. The rest of the message and the following three messages were all characterized by Brand and Ross attempting to apologize for Ross's outburst, but each quickly descended into farce. For example, Brand sang to Sachs, it was consensual and she wasn't. I'll leave that word out. And Ross asked to marry him. Brand later said that listening to the calls was like hearing two idiots dancing towards a canyon. Right, so that was what triggered it. Then, on 25th of October, he presented his last edition of his radio show with co-host Simon Amstel, which they performed live. Shortly before going on air, Brand was informed that the Mail on Sunday was running a story about the phone calls. This is how it begins. With the weekend newspaper. See any parallels? Got the times on this one. During the show, Brand apologized to Sachs, but also devoted much of the show to deriding the Daily Mail for its support of the Nazis in World War II. In his apology to Sachs, Brand said, what's worse, leaving a swear word on Andrew Sachs's answer phone or tacitly supporting Adolf when he took charge of Sachs later stated he had not given permission for the messages to be broadcast. The BBC originally stated that they were not aware of any complaint by Mr. Sachs, but later confirmed a complaint had been received and apologized. Brand issued an apology for making the calls, but stated it was funny during his last radio show before the Mail had printed the story. Ofcom, the TV regulator, announced its own investigation. On 28th of October, the BBC said it had received 4,700 complaints. This is when the ball really gets rolling now. After the calls became international news. See how these things snowball? Later the same day, this number had passed 10,000. And then the same afternoon, Prime Minister Gordon Brown called the incident clearly inappropriate and unacceptable. The following day, the number of complaints surpassed 18,000. The incident resulted in the third highest number of complaints to the BBC, being only the airing of Jerry Springer, the opera, and rolling coverage of Prince Philip's memorial program in April 2021. The incident escalated into a media and political storm that in much of the British media eclipsed news of the global financial crisis, the US presidential election, and fighting in the Democratic Republic of the Congo.
when fires are lit, they can rage out of control. And this is a possibility that a fire is going to rage out of control after 9 p.m. tonight when the Channel 4 dispatches thing broadcasts. In reaction to the telephone calls, Bailey said that her relationship with Bran had been brief and she now felt betrayed that he had revealed it to her grandfather. Bailey called for both Brand and Ross to be sacked by the BBC and stated that, where is it? Let's see, what's her name? Georgina. And stated that she and her family would be considering whether to make a formal complaint to the police. Stack stated that he had no intention of making a complaint to the police or taking the matter further. It didn't end there. On 29th of October, Director General of the BBC, Mark Thompson, announced that Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross were suspended pending the outcome of an investigation by Tim Davey, director of BBC Audio and Music. The suspension meant that for the week, Ross would not be appearing on his regular Friday Night with Jonathan Ross TV show, film 2008 with Ross, or his Saturday morning Radio 2 show. Similarly, Brand would not be hosting his regular Saturday Night Radio 2 show, or appearing as a guest captain on an episode of Nevermind the Buzzcocks, due to be aired on 30th October. The episode had been taped before his resignation and aired on BBC Two on 19th of January 2011, two years later. Thompson called the event a, quote, gross lapse of taste by the performers and the production team who chose to broadcast a pre-recorded show that angered licensed payers. Thompson offered a personal and unreserved apology to Sachs and his family. In an interview, Sachs revealed that he had received and accepted written apologies from Brandon Ross. Brand resigned from the BBC later in the day. On the evening of 30th of October, it was announced that Controller Radio 2, Leslie Douglas, had tendered her resignation, which had been accepted. Her resignation letter did not address the question of whether she had proved the pre-recorded show for transmission. That day, Ross was suspended without pay from all BBC shows for 12 weeks. The BBC issued an apology on 8th of November stating the calls were grossly offensive and a serious breach of editorial standards. The corporation apologised specifically to Sachs and Bailey and also to licence fee payers. The evening before the formal apology, David Barber, head of specialist music and compliance at Radio 2, resigned. They fell like dominoes, didn't they? Douglas had been aware of the contents of the show and had sanctioned the segment's broadcast. It didn't end there. 15 MPs signed a motion in the House of Commons tabled by Labour MP Andrew McKinley and Conservative MP Nigel Evans calling for Brand and Ross to no longer be funded by the licence fee which funds the BBC. So Russell has been through a huge storm before and got through it. The chairman of the House of Commons Select Committee on Culture, Media and Sport, John Whittingdale, stated that an investigation by the BBC was needed but stopped short of calling for Russ, Ross and Brand to be sacked. 
the chairman of the House of Lords Select Committee on Communication, Lord Fowler, in a letter to the Times, stated that there were fundamental flaws in the way that the BBC was regulated and governed. Hello, Hugh Edwards. And that there was confusion all round. Because two parallel bodies, the BBC Trust and Ofcom, were investigating the incident. And it was both unclear which of them the public should complain to and which of them had precedence over the other. Look, that's the usual bureaucratic clap trap that we saw in the aftermath of Schofield and Hugh Edwards. They pretend to be sorry and to pretend to make changes to their corporate governance while squeezing every last drop they can from these monsters they are harboring. Monsters who Channel 4 should be exposing instead of Russell. Hunt was speaking about socially responsible broadcasting and stated, I do think the BBC is a socially responsible broadcaster. I just think we need to hear that. He argued that broadcasters were not being ambitious enough and outlined his party's plans. Should it be elected to government at the next general election? To relax regulation for those broadcasters who agreed to provide only socially responsible output, as in only output that concurs with the mainstream media, of which Russell Brand is going against. So all this is about getting people under that umbrella of conformity. Let's see. Um, where was I? Okay. In addition to citing the prank calls as a perfect example of where such a responsibility deal could have operated, he pointed to Channel 4 as an example, stating that it was not good enough for it to produce worthy programs such as dispatches documenting alcohol abuse in the U.S., while at the same time it was broadcasting programs such as Hollyoaks where such abuse occurred, according to his estimates, 18% of the screen time. <laughs> yeah, there's good and bad in everything. The culture spokesman for the Liberal Dems, Don Foster, criticised this idea, stating that it threatened the very foundation, all principles of freedom and independence. Well, isn't shutting Russell Brand down now threatening the very foundational principles of freedom and independence and freedom of speech? Of British media arguing that such government interference in TV programming would be a very sad day for British broadcasting, and pointing out that regulatory mechanisms already exist to deal with issues such as this. Well, now we're seeing government and mainstream and NWO interference with independent reporting on the internet. On the 29th of October, Conservative MP Nadine Dorries called for the BBC to terminate contracts for Ross and Brand. Commons, David Hansen, criticised the comments of being inappropriate and not keeping with broadcasting. Conservative journalist Charles Moore announced he would not pay his TV licence after the BBC's failure to sack Ross 
which led to Moore's being fined in May 2010. Secretary of State for Justice Jack Straw, writing in his local newspaper, the Lancashire Telegraph, became the first cabinet minister's call for the pair to be sacked, arguing that if both presenters had worked in commercial radio, they would have been given their P45s before he could say Jack Robinson. On the same day, shadow leader of the House of Commons, Theresa May, called for a Commons debate on the BBC's handling of the affair. So that rumbled on and on. There was all kinds of reactions and mayhem. And it looked like Jonathan Ross and Russell Brand's voices had been silenced. On Halloween of that year, Russell Brand left the country, saying that he had work to do in the US, including TV programs and film collaborations with Helen Mirren and Judd Apatow. The second series of his TV show, Earth as Normal, on the shows on the previous evening, attracting 1 million views as its largest ever audience. Yet these scandals caused views to go through the roof. And it's a part of a function of the motivation of these scandals is to get the views going through the roof. A further 180,000 watched the show on the Timeshaft channel. Um, the channel reported that it received 164 complaints. Brand continues to be on the front cover of Peter's Vegetarian Starter Kit booklet despite protests of the organization. Peter's director, Robbie LeBlanc, said that Brand, who had previously won Peter's sexiest vegetarian celebrity contest twice, would remain on the cover because Mr. Sachs, who is also a Peter supporter, has accepted Mr. Brand's apology, and that's good enough for us. Brand went on to win the British Comedy Award for Best Live Stand-Up Performer. In his acceptance speech, he dedicated his award to Jonathan Ross. After being taken off the air due to Ross's suspension, Jonathan Ross returned to BBC One on 23rd of January 2009, featuring guests Tom Cruise, Lee Evans and Stephen Fry. It was watched by 5.1 million people and increased from the 3.74 million of the last show before going off air. Ross's return attracted only 25 complaints and three messages of support. So you can see how all these scandals generate so much interest, so many views, which equals money. And this is why often people wonder whether some of these scandals are staged when views are flagging for certain entities so that they can get that to spike back up because can't imagine what kind of numbers tonight we're going to see 9pm Channel 4. Never watched Channel 4. But tonight I am. In 2009, Friday Night with Jonathan Ross was nominated for a BAFTA. According to the Times, Ross was nominated soon after he was banned. Melody Sachs complained about Ross being nominated as soon, so soon after the controversy in an interview with The Telegraph saying, I'm amazed that Ross should get rewarded with a mouth like his. I mean, he's the one who said he beeped the guy's granddaughter. Nobody's saying he hasn't got talent, but what he did was so disgusting. Of course, he's not worth the money, but he's good at his job. However, I don't think he should be rewarded so soon after what happened. It is like people are saying, let's forget all about it and see what we can give him. It is wrong and bad timing to give him, even put this guy for recognition for what he's done is a terrible thing. It was unforgivable, really. I'm not angry, I just don't believe it. Well, memories are short. Look how, you know, Prince Andrew is trying to be brought back into the fold right now. 
And that is really going to backfire on King Charles, I believe, who is behind that. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to come back tonight at 10.30. If anyone's got any really pressing questions, put them in the chat right now. We are almost at two hours of this live stream. Um, but I've already got the link in the description box. Uh, if you are interested in my interview I did with Andrew Tate's lawyer, I'll put that in the description box because he talks a lot about people being gone after for the reasons of silencing them from going up against the big issues with mainstream. Uh, you might find that interesting. I know there's a lot of people who don't like Tate who absolutely would not want to watch that. If you want to watch the Jen, the interview that Jen did with the woman who lost the baby, it's hard watching. It's one of the few I've never been able to listen to. I'll put that down there as well. And I'll also put the interview down there I did with the professor who talked about how the algorithm and what you say on YouTube, how it all works and what they're looking for and what it's designed to look for, but what it sometimes detects and how to avoid it. I'll put those free links down there now. So the show is on Channel 4 at 9 p.m., people are asking. It's going to go to 10.30 p.m. And then we're coming right back on at 10.30 p.m. to discuss the show. Can't get Channel 4 in New Zealand. Um, well, we do have a link. What was the one of our sponsors, Atlas VPN? <laughs> VPN. VPNs come in handy in these situations. <laughs> I would never encourage anyone in New Zealand to find a workaround to watch a program in England. It's got to be some kind of felony. All right, so thank you for your love and support as usual. Little Ziggy's in the other room. We know a lot of people were talking about Ziggy early on. He's just over two weeks old. We took him to get weighed. He's 11 and a half pounds. Oh, he's the love of my life. I just, every time I look at him, my heart absolutely melts. And yeah, he's big. He's big. All that love and support that came in for Jen was so important. You know, it was almost a month ago now. She was in hospital for two weeks. The birth was two days. And there's still five to ten different things wrong with her. Um, she's still having multiple hospital appointments, medical appointments nearly every day. So thanks to all the love and support that's been coming in for Jen. It's, it's really um, come at a crucial time because when women go through these things and it is such an extreme thing and certain hormones kick in and the blues kick in and reading your comments is really helping lift Jen's spirits so please keep them coming in I hope to see some of you guys at 9 um 10:30 tomorrow we got I think it's a 3 hour one with a prison governor and it is amazing Vanessa she's got a book out called The Prison Governor it's got 5000 reviews she's never told a story before on a podcast I think we've got that one coming out at 8 o'clock tonight but it's um yeah it's really hard hitting and interesting. She's a brilliant speaker. 
All right. Much love and respect wherever you are in the world.